Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I'm your host, Mandy Pouch Mahaney, and today we have my husband, Mike, joining us. Today's topic, I'm kind of wanting Mike to shine some light on for all of us because it was not this past year, but the year prior, he won his first Super Dirt Car Series race and his first Short Track Super Series race. And this isn't just about that, but really essentially winning because I... I feel that there's so many different drivers out there and different people that celebrate their wins differently and don't really celebrate. They're quick to win and pack up and go. But for you, I i mean, it could be biased because I'm your wife, but I love seeing you win and I love seeing the emotions and, you know, just your full on body of celebrating, even if it's just a Friday night win or if it's your Super Dirt Car Series win. I love it. And I wanted, I was hoping maybe you can kind of just tell us how you feel, the reasonings behind why you do what you do. Well, what I, what I heard from you there is like, I, I had a friend of ours that told us the other day that he didn't really celebrate winning that much because he just felt like it was part of his job. Yeah. You know, it's my job is to go out there and run up front. So I'm not just I'm not gonna spray champagne and jump up and down about that. But yeah, you would think just the topic of this whole podcast is kind of a uh, a simple, easy answer of like, well, who who the heck doesn't enjoy winning? Yeah. Obviously, you're gonna be excited and and pumped up because you just won. So that makes me think to well, what did it take to get there? And um, that's the story that doesn't get told very often. Um, last night we were watching uh, indoor racing at, at the Chili Bowl, and a lot of young kids, a lot of uh, kids running the, you know, like the restricted class and stuff like that that are very young and makes you think back to, why are we racing? Why are we doing this at all? Mm-hmm. And at that age, you know, you could j- just, you could be doing it because it looked like you you saw it and it looked like fun. You could be doing it because your parents told you to do it. Yeah. You could be doing it because your friend does it and you, and then you were like, well, my, my buddy does this mom, dad, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a bunch of, of reasons why you even get into this sport. Um, for me, when I, when I got into it, it was because my dad raced and I just thought it was so cool watching him. And then when I got older and old enough to, to help him on the car and to help feel like I made a difference on whether he won or lost, uh, watching him succeed was just so amazing like just it just was like wow we did this together and and it was so much work you know so much uh time in the shop and you know making sure everything was right because equally and opposite I could make a mistake and be the reason that he didn't win Mm -hmm. you know and and just thought put it you know time just thinking like you know how should we set up the car what springs should we be using? What? How should we cut the tires? Uh, you know, how should we be grinding the tires? 
is anything that we're actually doing correct? Yeah. Um, and then later on, I got into to driving myself, and it and then it's factors of not only how I work on the car, but how I drive the car on the track. Mm-hmm. And then it was how how I act off the track to uh, attract sponsors to attract people to help work on the car because I can't do it all myself and learning how to teach those people to work on the car and then going through people that weren't right for me and then trying to find new people Mm -hmm. and then, and then uh, teaching those people how to work well with me and my style of driving, my style of how I want the car prepared and, you could just go down this spiral of like all this stuff that adds up to, you know, it just all adds up to like the whole goals. Like we're trying to get to victory lane. Right. And there are, you just can, it can take you back so far to what all added up to, to landing in, in that circle that night. And, that's where all the emotion comes from. It's like, wow, finally got something out of all this because there isn't time to celebrate the thousand wins that it took to get to that big win, Mm -hmm. like the small wins. There's a thousand, a hundred thousand. I don't know how many, you know, you qualified you. No, 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 not even. We're we're talking like tiny, tiny. Just to qualify, you had to, you had to put that bolt into an aluminum thread without stripping it. Mm-hmm. That was a win. Yep. The next time you put it in and it stripped and you had to go run and get a helicoil kit mm-hmm. to fix the threads. And then uh, you got to vacuum all the, the shrapnel out of, you know, it, it just, every little detail that added up to it just is, it's overwhelming, you know, um, Today, particularly, you grabbed me, you want to do this podcast. <laughs> yes. I was already overwhelmed about uh, thinking about what I have to do this week. I have to take, I got to take a motor over here and pick one up. I need to go pick up a trailer. We also got to take gotta a motor take out a, of a car. I got to take a car, a car up north and then bring another car down south. I got to have, I got to get a motor out of that car. I got to take that one to get rebuilt. And... Um, I got a new car that needs to be picked up and none of that is close by. It's just like, I don't even know how to organize how I'm going to get to all these places. Cause they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Nothing's close driving wise. And then, you know, you just start, it, it makes you, you know, thinking about all of that stuff and how overwhelming it is. It makes you think about like, well, what do I need to be doing right now? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I need to, I need to be assembling this little thing in it and it can, it can stop you from being able to do that. Thinking about all of the stuff that you have to do next can, can just, uh, 
it can just come down on you and like and like freeze you from being yep. able to do the simplest of tasks. Yep. Like we need to but you just get rolling. Like, okay, we need to jack the car up. We need to put it on jack stands. We need to take the tires off. We need to take the body off. We need to take, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, we need to, every little step-by-step detail has to get done so that just so that you can go and attempt to qualify. <laughs> Seriously. Like is this not overwhelming? Like I'm, I'm I'm just I feel like people are probably listening to this going, like this is exhausting. Just listening, you know, and and it is. It Mm -hmm. it's so like every day is just so horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh come on! It's so just it's just draining. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just. Putting four tires in the car and showing up to the track for that win. It's Yeah, and I think that's what what differentiates like when you watch other people win. When you see the guy with the pure emotion, it typically correlates to how much effort he had to put in to get there. Absolutely. Like that guy that really celebrates the win is because like he's been just busting his ass to get to that point Mm -hmm. the guy that's like well you know somehow i just landed in this seat and i showed up and drove the car and no one and i happened to win yeah like he he's just like yeah i'm here i'm doing my job yep um but not necessarily you know some sometimes i think you could you could be doing so much work and just kind of get in the zone of 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 uh yeah, this is my job. I have to do it to get to the next thing mm-hmm. that maybe you, maybe you don't have time to even celebrate your big wins Yeah, because you're looking to be, we got to go somewhere's next Looking to do this. Yeah. Like if you're looking to fill this entire trophy room, then your Saturday night win doesn't mean a whole lot to you. It's just another, it's just another thing on the shelf. You're whole, you're looking to get to the next thing, yep. the next thing, the next thing. But I think that it's important to to really take some time and enjoy mm-hmm. something. I feel it's it's humbling to to be able to do something like that. You know, it's it's there's nothing against those that don't celebrate big for um a win or whatever it may be, but it's it's humbling and it's and it's kind of in a sense this is the Mandy part coming out is it grounds you when there's times when Mike wins, I'm like, Mike, we gotta go. Like we gotta we gotta go home. We gotta get ready for the next yeah, race. Yeah, but you're I, like, you are, but you you come from that background of like like there's gonna be another next one, there's next gonna be one, another race. One. Yeah. And there's going to be another chance to win and yes. we should be trying to stack these up. Mm-hmm. And my background is is just different than that. Like mm-hmm. I when I started, I just wanted to win one race. Yeah. And I felt like if I could just get there, mm-hmm. I'll feel like I made it. Yep. And I'll, and I'll be celebrating and I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but life doesn't work like that. You get to where you win and you turn around and you're like, hmm, I'd like to do that again. Yep. And then you, you don't settle on, on what you thought would be 
would make you happy and you, what you thought would would be the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's hard because there's more like there's more to racing than just winning to me. Of course. Uh, for me, all those little wins of putting the sponsors and the crew and the car owners and the car and assembling the cars mm-hmm. and getting them to the track so that you can attempt to qualify, so you can attempt to run up front, and so you can attempt to race for the win. Um, and then practicing driving so that you can be good enough to win. Yeah. All that adding up. All of that uh, for a long period of, of where I started was just to get me to the next car. Like I'm I'm racing a slingshot. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be able to race a micro. So if I win enough slingshot races, somebody, I assume that somebody will notice and think, ah, that kid looks like he has talent. Let me put him in something bigger. Yep. You know, he's young. Young guy, looks like he works hard, looks like he has the talent. Uh, but that that also could just lead to nothing. Yeah. I always just thought, like, random people were just watching, to, mm-hmm. to watching my every move yep. to see, like... Like a uh, art. S- scouting in football, right? Yeah. When you're in high school. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I, I just assume, like, you go Someone's to the racetrack, somebody's going to somebody's gonna find you. Yeah. And it... It's kind of sad to think about, like, when I, you know, I'm racing at a much higher level from where I started, and I'm so focused on doing that that I'm not watching what anybody else is doing. I'm mm-hmm. I'm too worried about what I'm doing, yep. trying to absolutely again. It's like there's so many small things that I have to put together to try and and put together a victory. It just there's no time for anything else. And meanwhile, when I was younger, I would say that I was always feeling like somebody, I'm going to, I'm going to do something exciting to get people to notice, you know, and, and eventually, you know, 500 races in, you know, somebody starts to notice. Yeah. They do. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody somewhere. You show up enough. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency. But But it's. Uh, for, for different people and different talent levels and where you came from and what you had to go through is going to change the route that it takes to get to where you want to go. There's some kids that might just honestly just run a go-kart and, and they know the right people and they go straight to NASCAR and, and the only thing they know is what they learned to to do to get to that point yeah and so they drive that car and they do what those people want them to do and and they might be successful might not be um i find that uh from a fan's perspective people seem to gravitate towards the guy that like you know like had to go through some sort of big challenge mm-hmm. to get to the level that they're at. Yeah. It is a co- very common saying, you know, just sitting in the grandstands, listening around and be like, 
oh, that guy, he's only here because his mom and dad paid for him to be here. Oh, yeah. Right? And, yep. uh, or, you know, that guy, he's only here because his dad was really successful racing. So, of mm-hmm. course, like, he got a ride because people were like, oh, maybe the kid's going to be good too. Yep. Uh, but it's, it, nobody really knows what no. goes on in the background. Oh. Uh, as much as I think you do a great job of covering our races and seeing, showing people the behind the scenes, there's still a ton of stuff that I don't let you show. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I don't know what it would take to get myself in the position to, to, to not care and want you to show that mm-hmm. stuff. Like what, what keeps, what keeps me from wanting to show all of the work that goes in? Hmm. Well, Sometimes it can be it can seem counterproductive to to take those hundred thousand wins, not race wins, yes. but like put the bolt in right he wins, wins mm-hmm. and hand that off to the to the kid that's watching a YouTube video mm-hmm. and didn't have to learn it the way in I learned zone. it. Yeah, I get that. Right or, yeah. um, but at the same time. It's like giving and um, good for that kid for watching a YouTube video trying to learn. Yeah, right? it's so so it's it's like I want I, I, there's there's people I want to help and then there's people that's like I don't yeah. even really know who's watching this. Yes, right. Yep, we don't know. You don't, uh, which is a big reason I really like that Patreon thing mm-hmm. that you started. Uh, the majority of people like huge high majority of people that are on that there's no way they're not fans they're they're Correct. like yeah. they're in our they're corner true supporters that yeah. true, truly there's a reason mm-hmm. that they want to be there shout out to them yeah yes. yeah it's um it's amazing because the those people just you know they're not there for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. so it's it, it just makes me more comfortable with the content that we put out in front of them Whereas, like, my arch rival on the racetrack can watch my videos and learn how I drive, what I do to my car, and make it so easy for him to figure out how to beat me particularly if if you're thinking, like, a one-on-one race. These races aren't one-on-one, but, like, if I start on a pole and he's on the outside pole, it pretty much turns into a one-on-one race. Like, we're racing each other in front of everyone else. Yep. Um. And vice versa, I have nothing to study that guy by. No. Other I than don't think like, he has a YouTube channel. No, so <laughs> Not many I do. Like, so so I I have to you know say you know maybe watch uh, some flow racing reruns and mm-hmm. and hope that the camera's on the right part of the track to be able to watch it. Yeah. Whereas like our stuff is it, the camera's always on. It's it's in the cockpit. It's. Mm-hmm on the rear bumper, on the front bumper, whatever, to to see what's happening. And uh, that that's a good explanation that goes farther than just than just YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, you're balancing like should we should we we can do this and it and it's helpful to us. It, it attracts sponsors to us. We can watch our own. I can watch my own footage and see my own mistakes and try to prevent them you in the future yep. on myself. But we're also giving stuff away. Yep. And then um, 
the same can be to to network about parts like you know you're talking to people about what can, i'm running this on my car should is, is this right is it wrong um ask the right person and that person could help you they could be oh you should be you should change this spring and and you bolt that thing on it makes you go faster awesome that's a win ask the wrong person and oh you just told them your whole setup and they just took it and went out you went out there and ran with it picked up three tenths Mm -hmm. and now you got to try to pass that guy yep and i guess it's just such a it's just so many silly little details Mm -hmm. involved in in it and when it's all said and done, you're just trying to go around in circles faster than another guy. <laughs> yes. But I feel um, what we started this podcast with was, you know, celebrating the wins. And as much as us having a YouTube channel, having a podcast, sharing more than the average Northeast modified driver does, um, those are little things that add up that have helped us, you know, get to some wins and find the right people and I feel too is kudos to those people that do study what we do because they're taking the time like you said they're taking the time to study to help them get to that win like would we have thought 10 years ago we'd be sitting and watching YouTube not sitting but we've talked about you know sitting and watching YouTube videos to study tracks we're going to go to but now it's almost getting to the point you can almost study drivers yeah um (laughs) <laughs> it's where do you stop mm-hmm. you know what do you focus on should yeah. be focusing on uh should be should we be focusing on tires and how we how we prepare those because that's the that's the first thing that touches a racetrack seems like it's very important right mm-hmm. or maybe you know aerodynamics has has really you know become apparent in in the late model world recently and it's obviously very apparent in like wing sprint cars yep because without the wing they're going very fast right so uh or should you be focusing on um you know your suspension design and and in that should you be should be worried about uh the the rod angles or should you be more focused on the shock holding the car up or down um, or should be studying the, the timing or, device should should you be yeah or should be studying how the so cars drive how how people drive on the track yeah um and it, Call, oh, or, people, or talking to people let's just go one one step further oh, should i be searching for you know a super crew chief mm-hmm. that can worry about all this stuff so i can <laughs> so i can have time to study the other drivers yes. and just worry about driving yeah yeah or let's just go a whole nother direction. And should I be doing this stuff on the car and hiring somebody that's a better driver than me? Because I'm, I can't worry about all this stuff and drive the car. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, it's it, where do you, where do you draw the line? What do you do? Because, mm-hmm. uh, if the, if the parts, the pieces, the motors, the chassis, the components, the people don't just, they don't just drop on your doorstep, mm-hmm. you know, 
to get that, to get those parts, you got to call and order them to get the people. You got to somehow network and find them. Yeah. And it's, it's weird having this conversation because I'm, I'm a mechanical person and most of the time I'm, I definitely tend to lean towards focusing on the mechanical mechanical side of things and less on the networking side. You're not the talker. I'm the talker. Before we sat down to have this podcast, I was like, all right, how long is this going to take? <laughs> yep. So we, we can get back to um, the things that actually make the car go fast. Correct. But at the same time, maybe I do this podcast and somebody happens to watch it. Mm-hmm. And that guy is just incredible at working on cars. And he's like, you know what? I like this guy. Maybe yeah. I want to work with him. Great. Call us. Right. Facebook. <laughs> Email us. So show up at our doorstep. Man, Thank it's, you. It's just, it's just hard. Cause mm-hmm. you, I, you mean, I, I really, and then explaining this and, and I think this is real. And I think a lot of drivers, the more they race, not just drive, uh, just people that race. Yeah. Um, people that are involved in racing and, and in the, in the competitive part of it, not fans, but like the, the people that are in the pits all working towards their team to win a race. I think they think about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't necessarily think about all of it, but there's probably a lot of stuff that I have not thought about. Yeah. And there's stuff that, you know, like you seem to focus more on the networking mm-hmm. side, the, you know, I got that. You work on the right The track. social side. Yes. And, but again, you know, maybe me be, being thinking too much is scaring away the people that I need to help me too, because mm-hmm. I go, man, this guy's like really overthinking the whole thing. <laughs> but, but the next, as soon as somebody comes in that, that is really good. And I know is like, well, man, this guy's better at the, working on the car than me. Yep. I'm going to be like, oh yeah, you do it. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had uh, times in my career where that's the case. Like the, a particular one that stands out is Doug Emery. I drove sprint cars, Doug. Doug Emery. He did the car. I watched the racetrack. I drove the car. You showed up. I didn't, that was great. I didn't overthink anything about tires mm-hmm torsion bars, motors, nothing. Now we had great conversations about what I felt on the racetrack and what I what what particularly could be improved to help us succeed. But I never had to be the one to call the part and order the parts on Monday morning. Yeah. I never had to be the guy to haul the engine to the engine guy at builder to to get it rebuilt. And, and to wash it so that, you know, the guy's not like, man, this thing's filthy. What kind <laughs> yeah. of customer is this? Yep. You know, it's just too stupid little details that you're thinking about. And that kid, back to the kid that won the restricted class at the Chili Bowl this past weekend, mm-hmm. is not thinking about any of that. No. He's just driving the car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, because his dad knows that, like, man, the kid's a little young to be worrying about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I do want to get him in the seat, and I do want to get him some seat time, some experience, so that he can so that he can figure that stuff out later. Mm-hmm. You want to get into you want to get into kids and like what you know, what's the best approach? 
Should she get him get oh, him gosh. into working on the car? Oh, should get him in the seat? Yeah. Should you? That's, it, it's, it, it's, just, it's hard. And it, th- I think this whole thing started with started with uh, what it feels like to win big races, mm-hmm. right? So, what is winning to me? For me, and it might not be the same for everyone else, it's, man, I went through a lot to be standing on this roof right now. Yes. And that is enough to make you want to cry. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, holy cow, I really, I, I put, I put in every hour, mm-hmm. I worked as hard as I could. I left it all on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like when I used to play basketball, it was like, you know, you, know, you got to leave it all on the floor. Yep. It's never, you shouldn't feel like after the game, like, man, if I put in a little bit more effort, maybe I could have won. Mm-hmm. And when you do that and then you win, it's just, a, it's a, it's an overwhelming emotional experience. So I guess what we'll close with is for those people, young, older, doesn't matter the age or gender, but for that racer that is still, working towards that their first win or working towards that first you know monumental like you I know your high priority bucket list is the Fulton 200 I mean we haven't gotten that done yet it's gonna happen hasn't happened yet but for other people out there that are like I I just want to win my first race and they've been going and going and going you know what what can you tell them just a piece of advice it's it's it could be one more small win away from that yeah. big win. Yep. And I don't mean that. I and mean, I think most people would say it's like, well, you know, win at your local track and then you'll get to then you'll get to the series wins later or whatever. It's it's more about every time you you fail, you learn. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right? Yes. So every time something doesn't go together right, something doesn't fit. Uh, just all those small, stupid things that frustrate you, you learn. Mm. You learn how to... Not how do it to, again. Yeah, or how yeah. to do it better. Yes. And hopefully right around the corner, um, or, you know, you know, you tried running a different line and you got passed. Well, you learned, mm-hmm. right? You shouldn't have done that got past or you tried to run a different line and you hit the wall well you got a lot of work to do to fix it (laughs) but you're learning but maybe uh if i'm gonna go in that hot on the top i better be lined right up on the cushion or it's not gonna hold me Mm -hmm. you know um there's so much i don't know even know where to start you need a specific question to be able to to get that answer but uh just you have to have the belief that there's something you're going after and you have to have it, mm-hmm. you know, and be hungry I, for it. Yeah. You really have yeah, to be hungry I for mean, it um, for all this work. I think it's a common thing in, in advertising to the fans. Like, Oh, this race is 10,000 to win. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't come here for a 10 grand. I came here because winning a 10,000 win race to me feels bigger than winning a $2,000 win race. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, uh, regardless of how much money I take home, it feels like a bigger accomplishment. Yeah. Because there was more talent there to beat. There was more effort to winning it. 
It's mm-hmm. probably more laps, probably took more time to get the car ready. You know, the whole thing mm-hmm. just, it just is a bigger deal. And uh, those ones that, those ones that you haven't got yet, just, they just eat at you until it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's why, what and then what will happen after you win it is you'll just think about, well, what do I do next? So you have to take some time and celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't skip that because it's not like you're going to be like, well, we got another, we won. We got another race tomorrow. So let's go home and get a good night's rest and work on the car and get ready for the next race because, you know, we got this, this next one to win. Well, it isn't like you're going to go back a month from now and have a big party about that one <laughs> win you had. No. It never happens. No, it doesn't. No. So Live as much as like, I mean, I think there's people that are, that are looking at like, you know, I want to win 30 races this year. So they're going to celebrate at the end of the season about the fact that they won 30 races or they, mm-hmm. or, or sulk that they didn't. Yep. But if you, if your whole thing was that I want to win the Fulton 200, well, you damn well better celebrate the night you won no, we're celebrating the whole because weekend. <laughs> it's not like you're going to celebrate <laughs> six months from now, no. you know, right. uh, but maybe you could. Yeah. If you want to, again, everyone's different, but I think the whole cliff notes version of this podcast episode I'm picking up is it's celebrating the small wins. Even if they're failures, you're still learning something from it to either improve or not do again. And those will add up each one. Small win after win after win adds up to that big monumental, like, holy crap, I finally did it. We got the win. Yeah, that's that's the way I feel. I mean, I think from your perspective, it's probably a little bit different because, no, it's not, is it? I don't know. Give me, give me what you my think. Perspective, what you my think? perspective is, well, growing up with my dad, I mean, 700 plus wins is a lot. And when I was younger, we would celebrate. We'd, my dad always enjoyed, like you, hanging out to the races, seeing the fans, hanging out with them. But as he got you know, older and started slowing down, the wins were a little bit farther and few in between. So I get emotional just talking about that. And um, it made it more special. Because it Even was more harder. Special. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because you just think like the more you do this and the more you learn that it's just going to keep getting easier and easier and easier to well, win. Well, it's like we get but older, you, we, we learn, and then we all eventually hit the peak, yeah. and then there's the downfall. And that's that could be a so whole now, other topic. It, but, it, but it relates to this one because – you're working to gain the knowledge to be able to win, mm-hmm. right? I, I This is where I I firmly believe that it's about knowing how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as simple as everybody can guess or think. That yeah. it's, it's just so many things that you have to learn to have the knowledge to be able to do it. And uh, you can spend your whole life learning it the hard way, and by the time you get good at it, you're not as athletic in the seat as you used or to be. things have changed. However, um, that person is so valuable 
to be able to create shortcuts for a young person to be able to get good quick. Yeah, that's true. And that's where, you know, the generations, the second generation, third generation driver has uh, such a huge advantage. But at the same time, you, you it's not handed to them. It's Correct. like you... You're giving them the information, but you still have to process it, learn it, mm-hmm. uh, grow through it, make your own mistakes. And it, and just because someone, you know, even someone like your dad won over 700 races and you, you feel like, man, this guy, he's going to have every bit of information that I need to know to win, to be able to do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your brother and me drive differently. Uh, and it it just seems like there isn't a perfect way to recreate that. Y'all, you, like, it has to be formed. Like, can we learn from him? Um, a ton. Yeah. But it kind of has to, like, be reformatted. To fit you. To fit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes, that takes thought time effort to be able to to do that um but at least you know one thing you do know is that uh he genuinely wants us to be successful yeah. it's not like you're looking to him like man i hope he's giving me information that's real yes. you know he, he yeah. definitely wants uh-huh. us to be successful so there's where there's other people you can reach out to him who knows if they're trying to help you or hurt you. Maybe they maybe they would rather have this other kid win yes. than just giving you misinformation. Absolutely. Right? You so. don't you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, so but. it's it's good to have someone with the experience to to lean on. Mm-hmm. And uh I certainly was fortunate to have my dad and he had been through so much uh before I ever sat foot in a car. Mm-hmm. I mean one of the first things I ever did in a race car is break my hand. It wasn't a race car, it was a go-kart. <laughs> Flipped it over, roll cage landed on my hand. Thing was like blown up like a balloon. Yeah. Uh you know, and and that was uh was that a win? No. But in a way, I learned, man, imagine if I didn't wear arm restraints in a sprint car. Yeah. And I flipped about 25 feet in the air on the, a lot, down the end of the back stretch at Canandaigua. Can you imagine if I like, like lost an arm? Mm-hmm. So at least it happened in the go-kart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So even that's an example of like even something that seems like it's a bad thing. It was a bad thing. It yeah. wasn't. You have to I learn still it your have, own way. It still feels weird when it's cold outside. <laughs> Yeah, but, I'm sure. um, but it reminds you, like, mm-hmm. don't be stupid. You know, wear the safety equipment. Yeah, do, you do can. What's you you can study and learn and hear from so many other people, but until you do it yourself, it's the uh, learning how to ride a bike. You have to get start with training wheels. You have to fall a couple times, and that's the same thing with racing and anything in life. Yeah, yeah, you have to fail forward, mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, they're not one-on-one races, so uh, you're gonna you're 
you're just going to lose more than you win. Mm-hmm. There's the percentage. Yeah. Too much competition. If, if you're winning more than 50% of your races, you need to move up class. Amen. <laughs> right. Cause yeah. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's you versus it's, 28 guys that qualified. Yeah. And then there was like another group that didn't even make the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to believe that anybody's going to, uh, going to win more than they lose. It's the big fish in a small pond. It's like, imagine if I, I just thought of it. The percentage thing is like, imagine if Michael Jordan never really, if he just stayed into, I don't know, basketball guys, like the lower class and he just kicked everyone's butts. Like they said uh, his percentage, <laughs> don't laugh at me. You never is, moved to the NBA. Thank you. His okay. percentage of how many shots he missed versus how many he got was immense like his misses were so much bigger than his wins and that's what like same thing with yeah i mean it's it's same thing like shot percentage in the nba it's hard to be 50 percent. yes um very hard but you strive towards that and you and you you learn to believe that you're gonna do that Mm -hmm. even though it's impossible yeah um you have to believe that you're going to do it or else you're not even going to shoot 25%. Yeah, it's all mindset. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, almost like have goals higher than what are even reachable. Mm-hmm. And then somehow uh, be so egotistical that you that you believe in yourself so much that you're going to achieve things that are not even possible. Which is which is hard for many people. I mean, this is okay. We're we're any here because we can go. Uh, this could be a spinoff of another podcast, another podcast, because there is so much we can cover well, on this. We stuff. were sitting down earlier trying to come up with what do we want to do this podcast on. So here we by are. By doing this podcast, we came up with some other topics, topics right now, right? Yeah. So so that's a good thing. That's a small win. It's a win. It's a win. And we can take that to the bank. Yes. But you can't cash it. No. Uh, not until you guys watch this. Thanks. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, thank you, Mike, for doing this. But thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy this. If you did, like it, share it on your social media, tag us if you do, and just share this with everyone because sharing it helps us, and us by doing that helps you. So, if you enjoyed it, comment, uh, let us know if there's any more topics you'd like us to talk about. But in the meantime, thank you all. Get out there and just. Keep working at it. Don't give up. You got it. See you guys. See ya.